business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. To the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. you? As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Pauline, this calls for the old Billy Barule. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? yippee ki motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Welcome, folks. We're finally here. Hopefully, everybody can hear me. Uh, Skype, of course, fucked us right in the ass. Uh, Skype ain't working for us. But uh, we got Google Hangouts here. If, if anyone can't hear me, let me know. Anthony, give a little something. They can hear you. Yo. There you go. Hopefully, you can hear Anthony. All right. They can hear me fine. Hopefully, uh, you just heard... Uh, Everything going on there. Both sound fine. Perfect. 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 Looks like Shaheen's in nice, here. Nice. All right. Anthony. Besides Skype fucking us in the ass, what's going on, bro? Well, ass is a little sore from the Skype fucking, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Box? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, I tried 14 different versions of Skype, 
and uh, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. 14 in a row? 14. I just kept trying them, and most of them were... Skype discontinued a bunch of their old versions that were working well, and um, pretty much probably just fucked over a lot of podcasts. Um, I'll probably have to get them on the phone tomorrow. Tell them, look, son of a bitches, I pay for this shit. Fucking get it working. Or go fuck yourselves. But uh, anyway, let's forget about that. Let's talk about movies. That's why we're here. That's that, why the people are tuned in. That's it. That's why we are THT Movie Review. And damn it, we are here to talk about another Adam Sandler movie. Uh, that movie, of course, is The Wedding Singer. Uh, yes, sir. Probably one of my favorite movies. Uh, I believe this was his first movie with Drew Barrymore. Who was looking oh so delicious in this movie. She still looks damn near the same, dude. No lie. She still looks about the same, just as hot. He just did a movie with her a little while ago, Blended. I mean, yeah, you know, I didn't see it, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I honestly haven't seen it either. But I mean, this is their first of the three movies they've done. Um, you know, Drew Barrymore has done this with him, Fifty uh, First Dates, and Blended. All, uh, look, I'm not gonna lie, Fifty First Dates is a good movie. It, I enjoyed it. I can't, I can't disagree with you on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now we're talking. Uh, we said we were talking Wedding Singer movies from 1998, uh, obviously starring Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Christine Taylor, who most of you will know from Dodgeball, um, Zoolander. Uh, actually, she is Ben Stiller's wife. Uh, Alan Covert, Matthew Glave as uh, Glenn, and, you know, a few other people in this movie that were notable. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not just going to let you uh, bypass one of the most important characters in this movie. Who? Which one? Frank Servio. It's a good fellas reference, bro. He is. uh, Frank Believe it or not, he is an NYPD Blue reference. He was in two episodes of NYPD Blue. Also, Carbone? You serious? Yes, sir. He was. He played a. Guess what he played in NYPD Blue? <laughs> a mobster. A cop? A scumbag mobster. <laughs> um, did they find him in the. Uh, did, they find, did they find him frozen stiff somewhere? No, 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 no. He, he was never found frozen stiff in a uh, meat truck or anything. Um, also, the gentleman. Oh, God. Yeah. Also, the guy who Go played ahead, Glenn. Um, uh, basically, Drew Barrymore's fiance in this movie, uh, Matthew Glave. He also was in two episodes of NYPD Blue. He played a semi-retarded guy, um, but uh, really good, really good actor. I, I recently saw him in an episode of Criminal Minds, and he was—he—he's good, man. He's an underrated guy. But uh, there you go, two, two NYPD Blue tie-ins right there. And uh, just so you know, I did start watching NYPD Blue again today. God, I missed that show. Uh, uh, did you start from the beginning? I did. I did. Season one, episode one. Watching it right now. I'm on season, uh, I'm on the uh, third episode. 
But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, done third episode. Nice. Yep. Yeah. So now we're going to start tracking you because how long was it? Was twelve seasons, right? Twelve seasons. I don't know if I'm going to binge watch like I usually do, but uh, I always say that, and then next thing you know, I'm in the fucking ninth season, and I'm like, I got to finish now. Well, so. shit. Since you started, uh, since you st- restarted it today, right? Mm-hmm. I think we need to start an NYPD Blue Counter. Okay. <laughs> we gonna add a counter gimmick to the show. There you go. You said, I mean, you started from the beginning, so mm-hmm. what better way to start? I did. You said three episodes, so you're gonna give us like a weekly update box. There you go. Gotta on, give us a weekly update. On three three, I started it, so there you go. Um, there you go. And I also moved Flashpoint over. That'll be a uh, another the one I watch after this. So uh, you know, we'll definitely get those both going. But uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get into this fucking movie that we were talking about. We were talking weddings here. Like I said, one of my favorites. Um, it's set in 1985. I would be 10 years old at this time. This music to me is amazing. Uh, the sound, the, the, there's two soundtracks to this movie. One of them is a single disc. The other one is a double disc with like almost 40 songs on it. Uh, yeah, see, Billionaire Ted was... He, he, B- B- Billionaire Ted's right around my age. So, uh, you know, he was right around uh, right around the old 9, 10 age, too. And, uh, you know, some really good songs on this uh, soundtrack. You've got uh, Sugar Hill Gang with Rapper's Delight. And if you get the soundtrack, you also have Ellen Dow doing the song with him. Elvis Costello, nice. yeah, Huey Lewis. I'm not gonna name everything, but just a few songs. You've got uh, Cool and the Gang, Ladies' Night, who was performed by John Lovitz in this movie. One of the f- funniest, funniest ever songs I've ever seen. He's hilarious in this movie. Um, and yeah, Billionaire Ted brings up Elvis Costello, F and Rocks. In a way, I, I, I love Elvis Costello. I really do. He's a really... I know he's sort of one of those like hipster-type guys, but I like his music. A lot of it's really good. Uh, you got Madonna, Psychedelic Furs, B-52s, uh, The Buggles, who video-killed the radio star, which, I mean, that was MTV's first song ever played. So, you know, that song's always going to be a little, uh, well, back when they played videos, I don't know if, uh, you young people know MTV used to play these things called music videos. Now, Box, before we go any further, I was actually born in 85. I have to ask you this. Uh-huh. How, how accurate was, uh, Adam Sandler's look to what you saw in real time in the 80s? Very, very. Was this look accurate? The Adam Sandler's look was a, a very accurate. Matter of fact, everything in this movie was pretty accurate. Um, truthfully, you didn't see girls as hot as Drew Barrymore back then. They all had the big teased up hair. And uh, Drew Barrymore was probably the... The most, only person that you could look at and say, yeah, she didn't fit. Yeah, probably the most inaccurate. But I'm sure there were good girls that were just like her. But, yeah, there was a little bit of uh, Drew Barrymore's character that might not fit in 1985. You know, even as a good girl. 
uh, Glenn's character is perfect in this movie. You know, he's got the DeLorean. He plays the Miami Vice music, and we'll we'll get to all that. But, uh, you know, a lot of this is really accurate. And, you know, Adam Sandler was probably, um, I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but we'll... uh, We'll look look at that real quick. He was probably he's probably around my age. Adam, he's probably a few years a few years older. Let me see. Maybe a few years older. Oh, wow, he's fifty. He's fifty. Holy shit! So yeah, he was uh, September 9th, nineteen sixty six. Jesus Christ, oh, I feel wow. old. <laughs> yeah, he was right in the heart of the. Uh, yeah, he was. He knew what to do with the eighties, dude. He was right there. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would have been in the yeah, eighty-five. He would have been like in his early to mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, little-known fact about this movie: Adam Sandler at one time was an actual wedding singer. Oh, that that would have been gold. This is kind of a true story of Adam Sandler, believe it or not. Um, he really did did do uh, weddings, you know, weddings, and was a wedding singer. So this movie probably flowed really good for him. But um, again, this is really one of my my favorite Adam Sandler movies. Uh, this was his most successful. This was his most su- uh, successful movie. I believe it broke the hundred million mark for him. Yeah, it was made. Let me see. It was made on a budget of eighteen mil, and mm-hmm. it made one hundred and twenty-three point three million worldwide. Uh, yeah, yeah. This was his most successful, I believe, most successful movie to date. Actually, I don't think yeah. he's had another one from here. <laughs> yeah, we can look that up. Let me look that up real quick. Uh, yeah, I, I really Grown Ups might be up there. But, uh, you know, different time, different budget. I'll bet this was his highest grossing movie. I really would bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably hard for, like, this new generation of fans to comprehend how big and successful Adam Sandler was in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. He was the fucking man when it came to movies, bro. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, real quick, I'll just break the movie down. A real quick synopsis of it: Robbie, uh, Robbie Hart is a wedding singer. Um, Julius Sullivan is a basically waitress, and they're both engaged to different people, but obviously the wrong people. And the movie basically just kind of tells the story of them. Basically, Robbie longing for her, her trying to decide whether or not Glenn is the right guy for her, and uh, it all ends up good. But uh, in the middle of all that, there is a lot of funny, funny shit in this movie. Um, yes. You know, just, you know, from from the beginning... It's got uh, Adam Sandler singing, which I played in the beginning of the movie. Um, and, of course, you always have the friends of um, Adam Sandler in this movie. Of course, Steve Buscemi is one of them. And right away... <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi Very is... Very underrated man. part in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And matter of fact, I'm going to play the speech. I don't care... 
if we get if, 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 fuck YouTube if we this show gets on there. Less ones haven't been able to. But uh, I'm oh, gonna, oh I, real quick, box. Yeah. Before you uh, play that clip, uh-huh. I actually found Adam Sandler's top five grossing movies. Do you want to hear them? Absolutely. Bottom to top, number five, The Water Boy. Okay. Number four, The Longest Yard. Number three, Anger Management. Number two, Fifty First Dates. And number one, Big Daddy. Re- okay. That makes actually a lot of sense. Big Daddy was a huge movie. I, I really did like that. That was an excellent movie. Um, that's very, that that to me. Uh, if I had to pick a a favorite Adam Sandler movie, that's one of his more underrated ones. Obviously, it's not underrated if it's his highest grossing movie. <laughs> I mean, among the hardcore fans, though, they kind of talk about, you know, like uh, the Happy Gilmore's, the Billy Madison's. Right, right. Yeah, and that's the goofy fans that I prefer. I mean, a Big Daddy, this movie, Fifty First Dates, I prefer that Sandler over the baby talking... Yeah, want to touch the hiney? Adam said, "Look, that's funny, but it, yeah, because yeah. clearly, if Big Daddy's his top top grossing. That means he drew his fans and casual fans, so to speak, to make a wrestling reference. Dude, he drew casuals. Look at the cast in that movie. You got Renee Zellweger, uh, John Stewart. You're gonna get John Stewart people in there for that movie. That was a really, really." I mean, I can see how that was his biggest movie. It probably was his, you know, one of the best stories that he's ever done. Dude, that kid in that movie reminds me of my my, my eight-year-old so much. It's not even funny. Just his looks remind me of my kid. It's funny. Especially how they look alike. Yeah. Yeah, they do a little bit. Blonde hair, big blue eyes. Yeah. But uh, anyway... Back to uh, Steve Buscemi, who shows up in pretty much every Adam Sandler movie, somewhere, somehow. Uh, He's in this. He's in Mr. Deeds. Um, Jesus, is it? uh, He's in Grown Ups One, Grown Ups Two. He's in pretty much every Sandler movie after a certain year, but. let me go ahead and play this speech because uh, this, again, right away brings up the kind of guy we're dealing with. Uh, the kind of guy who just wants to get married and settle down with a woman. And uh, here we go. Is it funny the drunk motherfucker is... Uh, is named David. That's a little bit weird. I do think that my uh, my friends always laughed at me for that. But uh, Anthony, you still there? All I'm right. still here. I got you. All right, here we go. When my brother Harold asked me to be the best man at his wedding, I was like, "Oh, of course, man," because you've always been there for me. That's right. Like when I was in rehab. And, uh, like, the time I couldn't find my car. Because <laughs> Harold, you know, he's always been the dependable one. And I've always been the screwed up one. Right, Dad? 
Why can't you be more like your brother? Uh, Harold would never beat up his landlord. <laughs> He's drunk as shit. <laughs> but, uh, little newsflash, Pop. Harold ain't so perfect. Remember that time in Puerto Rico when we picked up those two, uh, well, I guess they were prostitutes, but I don't remember paying. Okay, how about that? <laughs> how about that? Yeah, how about Terrific. Huh? I'm a person, too, Pop, goddammit. I'm a person, too. You're a moron. Okay. The best man, everybody. Best man. The better man. <laughs> uh, hey. We've all done crazy things in our lives. So. <laughs> He's playing the guitar now. Isn't that great? <laughs> hey. He's doing good. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. It's because I'm the best guitar player in the world. Yeah. Self-taught, no lessons. Thank you very much, Pop. All right. <laughs> very good. I think uh, we all know that when you fall in love, the emptiness kind of drifts away. That's all I'm talking about. I've uh, done some crazy things in my life, too, but then I met a very special girl. A uh, girl who I'm actually marrying next week. Thank you, thank you. So all I'm saying is that when you fall in love like you guys, the emptiness drifts away because you find something to live for, each other. And the way I've seen you two looking into each other's eyes all day long, I can tell that you're going to live for each other for the rest of your lives. So cheers. Now, I played that because it also brings the fact that he's getting married in the movie. Um, you know, I, I I overplayed it a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it does bring up the fact that he's getting married. Uh, he's engaged in this movie, which I did mention. And, you know, Robbie in this movie is an incredibly nice guy. You know, in the scene after this... He sees, uh, you know, a young kid about to throw up and he brings him outside so to not do it in front of his family. You know, he's, let's go ahead and throw it back to wrestling. He's the John Cena of this movie. No, he's not that obnoxious. You're right, he's not. Uh, he's not that obnoxious, you're right, definitely not. But he's kind of the good guy, you know, Um yeah. Now, of course, another one of the uh, Adam Sandler friends is in this movie, which is, um, oh, excuse me, which is, uh, oh, Jesus, what, what's the fucking guy's name? Alan Covert. Alan Covert's another one of the, uh, the friends of Adam Sandler who has, he was in, um, Jesus Christ, he was the main character in Grandma's Boy. Grandma's Boy. I love that movie. Oh, I don't care that is, we're definitely going to do that movie, like, soon. We need to do that movie soon. Um, yeah. I love the Grandma's Boy. <laughs> I do, too, man. I do, too. That that scene where the girl is singing, <laughs> singing push it. Yeah. Uh, that's a sexy oh, scene until man. she falls down. But, uh, yeah, that, but he's in this movie, and he's, you know, he plays Sammy. He's a, a limo driver, kind of a ladies' man, you know. Uh, obviously trying to hit on Drew Barrymore's character in this movie. We'll just call her Julia. Yeah, she's going to get it, and she doesn't even know it. Yep, yep, yep. Here, I can go back to that part for you. Here, hold on. 
There you go. Do you really want oh. to <laughs> me? A little too far back there. All right, hold on. We're not too far back. Here we go. You're not out with your limo. What's up? That new waitress, that's what's up. Oh, is she in trouble? She's going to get it. She doesn't even know it. And I'm going to give it to her. Take it easy, man. Who is she? There you go. Going to get it. Doesn't even know it. And he's going to give it to her. Now, now, Bob, coming out of this scene, I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. Now, would you be the guy, the old guy that grabs you very more by the ass? At the wedding, would that be you? Yes, it would be. Okay. Absolutely. I hope and, uh, I hope I can get to that ripe old age where I can grab an ass and not get in fucking trouble for it. And Matter you'll just fact, be like, they'll be like, oh, that's so adorable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, he squeezed it. Oh, my God. I wish I was that man right now. Like, I wish I had that. Like, yeah, I wish I, I was. Think, I, don't think that, I don't think that was acting. He just no, was like, yep. like, like, I wish I was that extra. At that moment, Drew Barrymore to me, seriously, dude, she's top three. Her Sandra, wow, that's high praise, dude. Her and Sandra Bullock are top three to me. And like, as far as Sandra Bullock, is it that like girl next door that does it for you? It's because they've never really played like the bad girl. Sandra Bullock has played a bad girl in a couple of movies. She was in that one kind of westernish type movie where she was a bad girl. Um. I don't know. Sandra Bullock's just got a really sexy look. And Drew Barrymore just has that 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 mouth that makes her absolutely gorgeous. She has, you know, the big eyes, the... I don't know. She's just a gorgeous girl next door. You know what it is? She's not too hot. You know... She's attainable. She might... She'd probably... Look, Tom Green got... Drew Barrymore for a while. Tom Green. <laughs> Have you seen Tom? Tom Green. <laughs> Mr. One Nut yeah. himself was with Drew Barrymore. I mean, come, dude. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Are you trying to tell me Freddie got fingered? Finger Drew Barrymore at one? The fuck yes. out of here. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Freddie got fingered, did some fingering to Drew Barrymore. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, she. Yeah, she's it's just, for everybody, folks. She's like not that, like you said, unobtainable hot. You know, and Sandra Bullock's got that same thing. She's not like, like Drew Barrymore, is a type of girl you could see in a bar. But, and I would actually talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and then you look at like a Pamela Anderson, and oh my God, if you saw Pamela Anderson in a bar, she's like, like there to get money and a feature act or something you know in my kind of bar you know a strip she bar fucked tommy lee on video so she you know yeah that's <laughs> she might a, be attainable that's not a bad video either man i've seen that video it's not bad dude <laughs> yeah but uh real quick i i you know i gotta say this i haven't had this experience yet but clearly this wedding at least in the beginning was very pretty much out of control have you ever been to one of these type of weddings where the one person has a little bit too much to drink, and they kind of go off the handle. Um, giving a speech. Have you been to one I, of these personally? I have. Because I, I haven't. I have been to weddings with kegs. Put it that way. Does that tell you anything uh, at all? I have. So been, you. So you got a drunk speech story? I was at a wedding where there was a keg hidden under the table because we weren't allowed to drink alcohol 
at the park. Wow. I'm, I'm not throwing out names here, but I have been, I have been to weddings where I was so drunk and supposed to give the speech as the best man that I actually had to say I can barely speak. Okay? Does that tell you anything? Wow. I have been wow. <laughs> I I've been Steve Buscemi <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> uh if if I ever played Oh the, god, I swear. If I ever played the the audio of the speech I gave at my sister's wedding, you would hear the most embarrassing speech anyone's ever given. I had never heard my voice before over a microphone and when I did I locked up. The only thing I could get out were, uh, just do it right. <laughs> Put it that way, dude. I freaked. And did you get those awkward stares that they always uh, give people in the movies? Like, oh yeah, uh... <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I did, I did, I did. But I, it was <laughs> just, I, had, <laughs> I froze. I had never heard my voice before on a microphone. And I froze. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been there. <coughs> I have been there before, man. It happens. It happens, you know? You know, you live, you fucking... Hey, not everybody's a public speaker. I mean, that's very, that's a very underrated uh, town to have. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, anyway, back to the movie. Um, you know, we, we kind of go on from the, uh, the, the uncontrollable clusterfuck of a wedding... Um, and you know, another he's there and he's giving, um, Ellen Dow some lessons. Ellen Dow was rapping granny from this movie who at the end, I'll definitely play it at the end, but, uh, you know, she's trying to sing a song for her husband, which they show at the end. Uh, this is the scene where he gets the meatballs in his hand. Which is a, a great fucking scene where he's, you know, can I get the meatballs to go? Just hold out your hand. I don't have any Tupperware. You know, just the perfect, the perfect elderly lady. Um, well, before that, should we get into the part where he, she makes him feel super awkward by talking about her sex life? Yes, from way back when we can get into that real quick if you want. Let's see here. I can I can get yeah. We that. yeah we should play that scene. Here, let's see here. I'll start right here. Let's see where. Let's see if I did this right. Let's see how good I am here. Perfect singing. Much better, man. You're gonna blow everybody away at your fiftieth anniversary party. If I sing to Frank without making any mistakes, he would know how hard I worked and how much I. To love him after all these years. I hope 50 years from now, Linda and I are as happy as you two guys. Oh, you will be. It runs in your family. You're a born romantic, just like your father was. Yeah. I know they'll be looking down on you tomorrow. Uh, I hope so. Are you nervous? I'm actually not that nervous. You know, I'm around weddings all the time. It's going to be fun. Uh, not about the wedding. Uh, about the wedding night. Will this be your first time with intercourse? Well, don't be ashamed, you know. When I got married, I wasn't a virgin. I already had intercourse with eight men. 
You know, that's actually something I don't want to know about. That was a lot back then. That would be like 200 today. Yeah, uh, it's 5 o'clock. I'm going to get going. <laughs> like 200 today. Um, I, I have to say, this lady is so many ladies I have met in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, if you don't know, Boca Raton is like the retirement capital of the United States. I lived there for 16 years. This lady is every lady that walks into the store. They're either nice like her or completely the opposite. You know, but most of them are just... Yeah, crazy, angry, hate the world. Most of them, though, are nice, just like her, adorable old ladies who, uh, you know, will do anything, you know, love the help and everything. So, but yeah, this is a lot of the people that I've come across in Florida. Yeah, and I got to say, she had quite the career. Uh, Her name is Ellen Dow. Mm Mm-hmm. This is our most famous role, and uh, fortunately, she passed away, what, May 4th of uh, 2015 at 101. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, good for her. Holy shit, 101? Yep, and, and believe it or not, I think she died two years ago, or almost two years ago. Guess how long she was active? She was literally active up until two years before she died, 85 wow. to 2013. Good for her, man. So she was pretty much active almost up to the end. Good for her, man. Oh God, if I I hope I can live to a hundred and one. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So she lit. She had a hell of a good life, man. At this point, I hope I make it to fucking seventy. Jesus Christ, sixty. Holy shit. Come on, box set. Don't you know seventy-five is like the new middle age? Oh yeah, seventy-five is the new fifty. <laughs> Fuck you. Seventy-five is the now <laughs> seventy-five. If you got people living into their well into their hundreds now with the technology, yeah, oh yeah, seventy five is gonna be the new middle age. I'm oh yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty's the new twenty, right? <laughs> no, hey, it's not. It's not about how old you are; it's about how young you feel. Really, I feel about seventy two. How does that? T- what does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I don't feel that. Old. My 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 kids get me feeling a little old every now and then, but ah, eh, no big deal. Um, anyway, let's get back to this shite. Uh, this movie here, Wedding Singer. That's what we're at. We we go right. Let's go ahead and get into the uh, the heart of the movie. Right here, um, this is where the movie takes a little bit of a a twist with. They're at Robbie's wedding. Robbie's sister comes out and, uh, fuck it. One more scene. Let's do this. Robs. Who's this? Hi, Robs. I just got off the phone with Linda's mom. Linda's not there, but there was a note. A note? Everything all right? Yeah, she's okay. It basically indicated that Linda was... Not coming today. So it was a bad note. 
Did she say why? I'm so sorry, honey. It's okay. You want me to say something? No. Just give me a second. I'll, I'll be right back. All right, now he goes in the trailer and freaks out. Now, I do want to point out one thing in, in, in that scene. You, If you listen, you'll hear in the background, Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing by Journey is playing, obviously, the musical version. Uh, gives you a little hint about the movie Don't Stop Believing in Love is what they're trying to tell you. I I, I interpret that part as, um, you know. Now, I do want to, one other weird part in this movie, or weird character in this movie is George. Um, oh, George. George. George is, a played, by, uh, is played by Alexis Arquette. Yes, one of the Arquettes. Uh, it is a woman, so, you know, if you thought George was hot, you can rest easy. Your weird boner is okay. So, <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. But it's a weird character in this movie. Obviously, they call them, you know, her George because, you know, sing some Boy George. And Boy George was a huge character back in these days. Um, I got to admit, the soundtrack to this movie is fucking amazing, and I know I said it before, but if you watch this movie and you're in your, you know, late 30s, early 40s, this soundtrack will be a nostalgic soundtrack for you. Uh, you know, but, you know, obviously he, uh, poor Robbie, Linda doesn't show up, he does not get married. Um, obviously he's distraught from this, um, which I, I would think anyone would be, wouldn't you think? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Because like I said, he's pretty much a step, like you said, you, you established him early as like the, like the, as the John Cena type, just not that obnoxious, but he seems like a very, like for the most part, level-headed guy believes in love gives encouraging words about, you know, everybody has a soulmate, everybody's going to find love, and then the ultimate romantic gets stood up at the, uh, that's kind of like, wow, that's kind of like a fucked up metaphor for life. Yeah, and, and you know... <laughs> the, the, the person that believes in love the most gets stood up at the altar. Yeah, and they even talk about it a little bit right here in this scene that, uh, you know, his parents did, uh, Robbie's parents did die early, and uh, that's kind of when he started wanting to you know be married settle down yeah just you know so, so tragedies like that will uh will bring out some weird feelings in you um now linda does show up and i do want to play that part because it's another pivotal part in the movie also a hilarious part where uh you get the uh the adam sandler scream in here because you know he's he's never just one he always has a little emotion to it so anyway I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, and, uh, if, Eddie, if Adam Sandler doesn't freak out in the movie, I feel like we, we get jipped. Yeah, exactly. So Linda, Linda does come back and explain to him. This is a little bit long, but once again, I don't give a fuck. It's our show. If you don't like it, fuck off. Yeah. There you go. All right, here we go. You're late. 
I'm sorry. I just couldn't do it. Well, if you need some more time, I guess I can wait. No, I don't need more time, Robbie. I don't ever want to marry you. Geez, you know, that information might have been a little more useful to me yesterday. I've been talking to my friends the last couple of days. Oh, here it comes. And I think I figured out what's been bothering me. Okay, anytime a woman says, I've been talking to my friends, turn around and leave. You're fucked. I, I just want to point this out. You're fucked. You're fucked. The bomb has gone off. The pin in the grenade has been pulled. Leave. Run. Get out of there. You're screwed. Once they talk to their friends, it's over, Johnny. Like it says in the beginning of the show, it's over, Johnny. It's over. Anyway, there's my two cents. Enjoy it. I'm not in love with Robbie now. I'm in love with Robbie six years ago. Robbie, the lead singer of Final Warning. And I used to come and watch you from the front row in your spandex pants, your silk shirt unbuttoned. Look at the microphone, like David Lee Roth. I still got the spandex. I'll put them on right now. <laughs> the point is, I woke up this morning and I realized I'm about to marry a wedding singer. I am never gonna leave Ridgefield. Why do you need to leave Ridgefield? We grew up here. All our friends are here. It's the perfect place to raise a family. Oh, yeah. Living in your sister's basement with five kids while you're off every weekend doing wedding gigs at a whopping 60 bucks a pop? Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! There it is. <laughs> the fact is, we grew apart a long time ago. You just wanted to get married so badly you didn't care to who. That's not true. I love you. Come here. I'll spend the rest of my life with you. Hey, Linda! You're a bitch! <laughs> Thanks, Judy. By the way, I want to point out, uh, this that's the most evil-looking child in the world. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. But that's an evil-looking kid. <coughs> I know that's horrible to say, but it is. I, I, have you seen this the, 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 this kid, Anthony? Oh, oh sorry. What did you say, Buck? You broke up a little bit. No, I'm just saying how how kind of evil-looking this child is. Oh, that oh that uh gargoyle, yeah. Oh Jesus! I see him in a few different things. Gargoyle, holy shit! Gargoyle, I I don't know what else to say. He was a weird looking kid. He's mm. living proof that not everybody's kid looks beautiful. Oh Jesus, I'm sorry, my my headphones hit the mic there. God damn, that's funny, gargoyle. <laughs> All right, let's get back I'm to this. I'm sorry, I I don't know. What I, I'm look because I'm actually looking at the movie in the background myself, and I. Oh. Wow. After. Uh, all right, let's get back. I hope, that, I hope that kid saved his money. Let's get back to this, uh, the gargoyle child part here. Okay. Holy shit. Back to the house. He, he, he might have Tourette syndrome. We're looking into it. I gotta go. I'm sorry. 
right. There you go. So, not getting married. He realizes it. Um, at this point... Yeah, but I, you, I will say, you know, mm-hmm. at least she did show up and give him an explanation. At least she did. Um, you know, uh, a little... Uh, obviously, that would have been better off to him yesterday. But, you know, no big deal. Um... We kind of switch over to the next scene, and we get uh, we we finally meet Glenn in this Glenn. movie. Glenn, Glenn, Drew Barrymore's fiance. We finally meet Glenn Gulia in this movie. In, in in this movie, he's you know he sneaks up behind Drew Barrymore, uh, Julia, and you know obviously before they were talking about getting married, and you know. Uh, she wasn't sure how serious Glenn was. Well, Glenn moves, uh, goes up behind her, gives her some tickets to Vegas, and explains that that's where they should get married instead of a bunch of people. Um, and, you know, she finally says okay, but he realizes that she's bullshitting and says, all right, we'll get married here, big wedding, blah, blah, blah. This is uh, kind of a important part in the movie because... This is sort of the reason her and Robbie start hanging out a little bit, which we'll get into in a little bit. But, uh, you know, obviously in this movie we talked about Robbie. He's depressed as shit. Um, Ellen Covert ends up coming down in this movie. I guess we'll call him... Uh, God damn, what is his name in this movie? <laughs> I started drinking early again. Damn it, I gotta stop doing that. Sammy. Sammy comes down and tells him, look, man, you got to just go back to work. Uh, you know what? Here. You use Downey? No. All temperature. A little you can wash talk. your clothes at any temperature and the colors don't run together. Got to have some laundry really? talk. Yeah, no, leave me alone. You have to go back to work. You know there's going to be over a hundred drunk girls at this wedding tonight. I had nothing to offer anybody. I haven't done jack shit since high school. Why would any girl ever marry me? Marry you? I'm just trying to get someone to play with your ding dong. By the way, what a great friend. What a great friend Sammy is. I'm (laughs) just trying to get someone to play with your ding dong. That is a good friend. One hell of a wingman. That's the wingman you want right there, people. Is that still box? You want to elaborate on that point a little bit? I'm just saying, if you've got a wingman, that's the guy you want. I believe (laughs) Sammy is the kind of guy that will take home the fat girl for you. I believe he's that guy. And those guys are guys, guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, we we fast forward a little bit, and he does go back to work, and it's horrible. And I think we have to play this part, too, because I don't think we can describe how horrible it is in words. Do you? Me neither. Perfect. Play it. All right. 
came back to work a little too early um yeah but the funniest part in this scene is not the fact that adam sandler is singing bad it's how chipper and cheery george is when he's singing his parts that is the funniest part of this scene uh george is just back there like nothing's happening just Holiday. <laughs> I, I I don't know. That's one of the funniest part in, parts in this scene to me is watching George uh, just be happy and chipper while Adam Sandler is literally just like ready to slit his fucking wrists, you know? So, um, <laughs> It really is, but, you know, he, he continues, I, I swear to God, I could just play this whole fucking movie. He continues his downward spiral, and I'm going to continue playing it because I don't give a fuck. You guys are off to a great start, don't you think? I mean... Cindy showed up, so right away, Scott, you got to be pretty psyched, right? <laughs> hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! <laughs> you know, it's funny. Some of us will never, ever find true love. Like take, for instance, me. And I'm pretty sure that guy right there. <laughs> and that lady with the sidebars. And basically everybody at table nine. <laughs> but the worst thing is that me, fatty, sideburns lady, and the mutants over at table nine... <laughs> We'll never ever find a way to better the situation because apparently we have absolutely nothing to offer the opposite sex. You are the worst wedding singer in the world, buddy. Sir, one more outburst. I will strangle you with my microphone wire. You understand me? Now let's cut this stupid cake because I know the fat guy's going to have a heart attack we don't eat again soon. <laughs> And while we do that, here's a little mood music for you. All right. Right here, he breaks into uh, a little bit of Jay Giles' band, a little bit of Love Stinks. Uh, Anthony, you can't hear it, but I got it playing low in the background. Um, so nah. <laughs> I, know, I know the song. I know the part you're talking about. Yeah, a little Love Stinks. And, you know, he goes around, he gets the crowd into it, gets the crowd sing. He is a uh, 
a showman here. He's getting the crowd involved. Uh, you know, love stinks. And if you've never heard the song, you know, Jay Giles' band is excellent. Great fucking band. But, uh... Now, now let me ahead. ask you, Box, before we uh, go any further. Mm -hmm. What did you think of uh, Adam Sandler's range in this movie? Because, for the most part, I mean, we still we still see glimmers of, like, classic Sandler. You know, the baby talk, the pissed off, the fights. But this was a pretty much a very much subdued Adam Sandler. So obviously he was toying with the idea, at least early on, of going in a different direction. I what actually, do you think? I actually think his singing is good in this movie. I really do. I think I'm, just, singing, yeah, saying, I'm just talking about overall, like the direction he took. Did you like the subdued Sandler in this movie? I do. I do. I think he was trying to take on a little more of a... Si not serious. I, 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 serious is a, a, a kind of a, a, a overreach of a word, but yeah, not serious. Because I mean, the, the comedy was still there, and it was still right. San, Adam Sandler. It was right. still an Adam Sandler but, movie, but you could tell like he was like toying with some things, like experimenting. Yeah, exactly. It was more of the let me be more me than the Adam Sandler quote-unquote, finger-quote character Adam Sandler. You yeah, know what it, I mean? It was more of a Big Daddy Adam Sandler than a Billy Madison Adam, Adam right, Sandler, if that right. makes sense. Again, it wasn't the baby-talking, uh, you know, stupid thing. He was, you know, he, he was trying to show some real, some real emotion. Instead of just... He was trying know, to show range. That's what I got from it. Yeah. And I really think that this was probably the, you know, one of the movies that broke him out as an actual actor. Like, all right, he's not just the, and I know I've said it a thousand times, he's not just the baby-talking, you know, actor here. So I'm getting bad feedback off your computer, bro. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to fix that. All right. Should we take a break? Uh, Yeah. All right. Real quick, guys. We're going to take a quick break. Enjoy some more music. Matter of fact, I'll continue with Jay Giles' band. You guys can jam to that. We'll take a quick break. I'll go take a piss while we're doing it, and we'll be right motherfucking back. Done. No big deal at all. We're back from the break. All right. Back to the wedding singer. Sorry about that little break there, but I think we're okay. Sorry about the feedback. I think Anthony might have figured it out. Maybe not. We'll figure. We'll yes. see. I hope so. Listeners will let us know. Um, yeah. yeah, you're you're good right now. We left off. Um, where did we leave off? He was just getting into an argument. At the um, uh, wedding gig he was at when he came back a little too early. He's now going over to watch his nephews uh, a little bit. So he does that. And uh, they ask him if he's going to the, to the, to the loony bin. But uh, I don't know. Frankie Carbone gives him a little speech here. I don't know what else to call him but Frankie Carbone. I'm sorry. Yes. 
I can't call him anything else but Frankie Carbone. Come on, look, I'm sorry. Like, real quick, like, whatever this dude is in, you're always going to think Goodfellas. I'm sorry. You're, you're always going to think Goodfellas, Goodfellas and Godfather. He's, he's Frankie Carbone to me. That's it. Look at the hair. He's Frankie fucking Carbone. So, anyway. Man, I'm, does I'm he look like a scary motherfucker to you? Oh, dude. Dude, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would know right away. Uh, this ain't no one to fuck with. But uh, I don't know. Let's. Um, I- I'm gonna go ahead and just play it real quick. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, I- I've been thinking about what happened to you, and believe me, it's all for the best. Yeah. I mean, I know you're in love and everything, but that wears off. You see, me and your sister, we used to be wild. I mean, she was very adventurous, and we got to some crazy shit. But now that's really gone. I mean, if we do get a second alone together, we usually go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, if it's a special occasion, uh, she might uh, she might do this exotic dance for me. What? And sometimes she might, uh, you know, work with, with my nipples a little bit. All right, enough. Go out. I'll take care of the kids. Yeah. I don't know what I just said, but I said something. <laughs> he said something. He didn't know what he said, but he said something. Uh... You know, and and obviously, you know, we we had talked about where uh, Julia was getting married to Glenn in this movie, so she decides to uh, have an engagement party. Obviously, she invited Robbie, and Robbie brings Sammy because Sammy in this movie is his best friend. Um, this is where Glenn kind of gets out of. Wedding duty by saying, you know, God forbid he mess up the flowers. This is all you. You should do all this. And this is where Glenn gets out of doing all the wedding duty. We also sort of find out kind of what an asshole Glenn is. He's in his um, Don Johnson vest. He's obviously a huge Miami Vice fan. Uh, And this proves it right here. Here we go. No flowers are at the wedding. Oh, yeah. Oh, bye. Hey, Glenn. I hear you're going to have your bachelor party Friday night before the wedding. You going to be all right with that? I mean, you might miss Miami Vice. Nope. Summer. Reruns. I'm all set. There you go. Reruns. He ain't missing Miami Vice. Reruns. This was pre-DVR, people. I I, I don't know if you young people even know what, like, DV like pre DVR means like before we could go through commercials. You got to realize this is where back in 1985, kids, we had cassette tapes. We didn't have big D- ass cassette. Yeah, we didn't have DVDs. We didn't have CDs. No, 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 no. We had cassette tapes, and when cassette tapes broke because you listened to them too much, what you would have to do is pull one side out, pull the other side out, scotch tape them together, and then you'd be missing a little part of the tape. Then you'd have to stick a pencil in there and turn the little knobs back together. Do you understand what the struggle was like to keep music alive back in the 80s, people? Do you have any clue? No. No, you don't. 
You don't because you're all young, spoiled, little CD-carrying digital music fuckers. I'm sorry. Now, Box, I'm not, I promise. This is no, this is no uh, old joke, I promise. All right. But, um... Are you old? Were you old? Were you uh, old enough around the time Betamaxes were still out before the VCR? Absolutely, I was in Betamax era. Matter of fact, my father uh, did the boxes for Beta, the original wow, Beta wow. for the Betamax. Well, I actually players. never saw one. I, you know, I, I came up on that VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a Beta. We had we had like four. Because, like I said, my dad actually did the boxes for a company in North Carolina that did the beta players. And, uh, yeah, I got to tell you, man, the tapes were smaller. I never understood why beta didn't catch on. I really, the tapes were smaller. I'm actually, I'm actually curious. What is the, you know, for, you know, the younger listeners, myself included, mm-hmm. what is the difference between a beta max tape and a VHS tape? There really was no difference. Beta was a smaller tape. Didn't have as much um, room as the VHS, so that immediately made the 80s technology for VHS better. And VHS just took over. Just took over. Beta. I mean, it it, it just did. I, I really don't know... What happened, but out of nowhere, video stores, that's right, people, I said video stores, they existed back then, Um, just started carrying VHS, and more VHS, and more VHS, and then eventually Beta was obsolete, but I never got it. Now with Betamax, could you you actually record on them? Yes, Absolutely. Like something from TV, yeah, yeah, and you know, even Bobby is Bobby. You know, Bobby was with us last week for uh, you know the, the movie we did last week, straight out of Compton. Bobby's saying Beta was better quality. I agree. I I really don't know what happened. Something business wise had to happen between Beta and VHS that you know. I, I don't Basically, really they, got, they, got, they got muscled out of the picture. I don't really care to look it up or find out what really happened, but something happened. Um, literally, I'm not lying when I say within months, months, VHS was huge, beta was gone. Gone. Just started going away. Um, but beta, dude, I had tons of beta movies, tons of them. Now, was the struggle real? Because I can remember growing up before, I, before I, uh, they created the uh, wonderful invention known as the rewinder. Oh. I can't tell you how many tapes I went through rewinding, fast forward, rewind, fast forward on the VCR because eventually that kills your motor, not to mention the tape. Yep. How was the struggle with beta? Um, Beta never had a chance to make a rewinder. Um, BMX says VHS was cheaper. That might have been exactly what happened. And truthfully, I was young enough to where I didn't care or remember exactly what happened. 
But, um, you know, shorter play time, that was another reason Bobby's bringing up. Uh, Beta had shorter play time. But, the, uh, and one thing I know VHS did have was one option Beta didn't was the long play, slow play, so you could extend how long your VHS is recorded shows for. Again, pre-DVR, you used to have to actually set things to record. And, and, yes. and your parents did not know how to work the VCR. Trust me, no one's parents knew how to work yeah. the VCR. No one's parents knew how. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, I'm dating myself here. Oh, God. Remember the struggle? Same time the taping, you had to tape an SLP. Oh. SLP, LP, and EP. Remember that shit? Dude, I. Listen, I'm still the guy that remembers buying, like, vinyl records. I used to, you know, my first record, my first record I ever paid for was. A forty-five, you know, the little record. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah. Little, of uh, Don Henley singing "Dirty Laundry." Do you remember that song? Wow. Uh, if I hear it, it sounds familiar. This, yeah, the name I'll, 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 familiar. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, that was the first record I ever bought myself that I remember was, uh, yeah, Don Henley. Oh, dirty laundry. And while you're pulling it up, I gotta say, man, you know how, like, remember VH, VHS, when VHS tapes first came out, they were high as fuck. Mm-hmm. My God. Remember, like, I'm talking about 20 and 30, but, I mean, it seems insane to say it now, but there was a time when VHS tapes were, like, 25, 30, 40 bucks. My God. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, and you know, but it was, dude. This was the '80s, bro. I mean, things were fuck the '80s. This shit went on into the '90s. <laughs> oh, I'm sure now they're fucking even more. But here we go. Here, here, here. Yeah, I've heard this before. Definitely. Oh yeah. That was the first record I ever actually paid for. Yeah, that, that's hot. I mean, I, I'm not even trying to be sarcastic. That's good shit right there. It was, man. That's it. Look, Don Henley, obviously, uh, Don Henley was one of the Eagles. If Just to you know, let everyone know, he was one of the Eagles. If you don't know the Eagles, Hotel California. If you don't know Hotel California, shut the fucking show off. Fuck you. 
<laughs> Seriously. Hoda California, if you don't know that song, you probably should be listening to this. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, that was the first... But it, it was just... I, I really don't understand, but yeah, man, I had beta and cassette tapes. Like I said, cassette tapes were a bitch, dude, but you could fix them. You could literally, you could take a piece of scotch tape, carefully fold it up one piece. Don't wrap it. You would be missing a little part of the song, but that was okay back then. You know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter at that point. Now, uh, as far as um, cassettes, you know, this is interesting to me. I'm Mm -hmm. a nerd about this type of stuff. CDs were actually out in the 80s, weren't they? The mid-80s? Actually, 1985 was the... And that actually brings us to a part in the movie where Glenn walks in with a CD player. Uh, 1985 yeah. was the first year CD started coming out. So, uh, yes. Yes. CDs were out in the 80s. Now you know exactly what year. But, um, yeah, that, that, that actually does bring us, you know, back to the movie where, you know, at one point Glenn walks in. And, you know, that's, uh, this is obviously, we're jumping a little bit. This is after, uh, you know, Robbie starts helping um, Julio with the wedding plans. Um, now, obviously, we played a little while ago that Robbie cannot. I'm, I'm going back to the movie. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Robbie, obviously, we played that Robbie's went back too early for the wedding. But weddings aren't the only thing that they do. And he starts doing a few bar mitzvahs. Um, you know, me being Jewish, obviously a bar mitzvah, Jewish kid turns 13. This is a little party for him. He turns into a man. This is what happens. So, you know, but, uh, <laughs> they're fun. The kid gets money. He gets gifts and he's a man. He gets a boner. There you go. 13 years old. You're a man. Um, but, uh, you know, he starts playing those and, in the meantime, Robbie and Julia start getting a little closer. Robbie's helping her pick out cake. He's helping her pick out flowers. He's helping her do everything. This gets them a little bit closer and closer and closer. Um, and by the way, this is where we hear John Lovitz. She's trying to find a band to do her song. And this is where we get John Lovitz. I mentioned the John Lovitz part. I can't just gloss past it. I might even... Ha- you know what? I might have to play it. Fuck it. Play John Lovitz. It's John Lovitz. John Lovitz deserves a full fucking... A, a full play. Here, hold on. All right. It's going to be a couple seconds. Here we go. Right. Oh, yes, it's ladies night. Oh, what a... Oh, what a night. Oh, yes, Man, I've never seen it from his 
Okay. I have to admit to me this may be one of the funniest parts in the movie. Seriously. This is one of the funniest parts in the movie to me. Um John Lovitz is really one of the a really funny guy. Underrated in my yes. opinion. He doesn't get the funny he man. He's understated. I don't know. It's just like Yeah. I can't. I can't really explain why. Is he's very understated. He has a very kind of like he kind of reminds me of David Spade, but in a different way. Where he has like a sarcastic sense of humor. He, he does. It's 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 the dry sense of humor. It's the and you know David Spade probably is a bigger star than him, and yeah. I hate to say this, but David Spade should not be a bigger star than John Lovitz. He shouldn't be. Oh, no, I know. He was like, John Lovitz was a bigger star, I would say, in like the mid-80s, early 90s, and then he just kind of fell off a cliff. Uh, he never really got his due, in my opinion. I really feel John Lovitz never got his due as how funny, creative... And just good he was. I, I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel. I really feel John Lovitz is just one of the best, underrated, should be more famous than he is. Really should. Did just you like at, his SNL run? Huh? What was that? Did you like his SNL run? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I loved his run on um, news radio after Phil Hartman passed away. Just, you, you know. You think it, he did an admirable job of filling in for him? I do. I do. I think he did a great job filling in for Phil Hartman when he even admitted he didn't want to. He didn't want to do that. But he did it to honor Phil Hartman. And I think he did a great job in that show. That show is great no matter what. Obviously, it should hold a little place in everyone's heart. Phil Hartman did die. You know, basically, his wife shot him in the middle of that the, 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 the taping of that show. So, you know, John Lovett stepped in and kind of took the Phil Hartman role. I really feel he did a good job. But... I don't know. I, I, I just really thought that uh, John Lovitz never got the the stardom he deserved, in my opinion. He's, I, I can agree with that. And, I mean, uh, I might catch a lot of shit for this, but I love fucking High School High. I love. Oh, it. that was a good one, man. That 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 was a that really was. I love that fucking one. movie. <laughs> I do too. That 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 was a good movie of his. But I mean, just go back, and I mean, I know some of his. Saturday Night Live stuff might have been corny and repetitive. People always say they're all repetitive. You know, he did the same thing. But, you know, it was just, I really feel he didn't get the stardom he deserved. I think he should have been a bigger star. 
And, you know, obviously he's happy where he is. I'm sure he's fucking rich as hell and not, doesn't give a shit. So. <coughs> but, uh. Also good on the critic, by the way. I want to mention that he was also good on the critic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big John Lovitz fan. You know, probably always will be. But, uh. You know, John Lovitz in this movie, you know, he basically thanks him, you know, says, hey, you know, since you've quit, my my business has tripled. But uh, this brings Julia to ask Ronnie if he's done anything recent lately. And this song here is another great, great part in this movie where he basically not only sings the song, but has a breakdown while singing it. Um, as usual, I say, fuck it. Let's play it. When I was with Linda and I wrote the other half after we broke up, so it's a little uneven, you know? I don't mind. I'd like to hear it. Yeah, Here we go. Okay, I just want to warn you that uh, when I wrote this song, I was listening to The Cure a lot, so. Okay. Here we go. You don't know how much I need you while you're near me. I don't feel blue. And when we kiss, I know you need me too. I can't believe I found a love that's so pure and true. But it all was bullshit. It was a goddamn joke. And when I think of you, Linda, I hope you fucking joke. <laughs> I hope you're glad with what you've done to me. I lay in bed all day long feeling melancholy you left me here all alone tears running constantly oh somebody kill me please somebody kill me I liked it. <laughs> Obviously, Adam Sandler's having a bit of a breakdown from the um the Linda fiasco. <laughs> yeah. I think that's an understatement. <laughs> um and, and the and the sad thing is obviously it was played for laughs. Right. Because this is it's a, like anything can happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Can't take it seriously. Right. But in, in reality, I'm pretty sure that there have been many people, men and women, that have had these kind of breakdowns because of a bad breakups of being left at the altar. 
Probably. Um, you know, we continue with the movie. And again, Robbie and Julia spending a lot of time together. She's even at, you know, at, at the house with Robbie when he's teaching the uh, the granny. I'm not sure what to call her. The granny to, to, to sing. Um, just spending crazy amounts of time with Robbie. Uh, finally, her sister in this movie, who we haven't really mentioned much, Christine Taylor Hawley, in this movie. Uh, by the way, Hawley is the easy one in this movie. Basically, Hawley now, is... Now, what's the question to bring her up? Was she uh, reflective of how easy girls in the 80s were? Holly, was this a representation? Holly was the 80s girl in this movie. Um, definitely the leftover from the free love in the seventies, uh, just Holly was the, 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 the slut in this movie, if you will. Um, you know, but, uh, again, Robbie and Julia spending time together and, um, you know, the, 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 obviously Sammy, being the friend, tries to, uh, he's doing the limo driving. And one night when they're out in the in driving around, Julia leaves her coat in the car. And that again leaves us to sort of another twist in the movie where the first kiss happens between Robbie and uh. Julia. Yes, we have to mention this. We have to. This is like the the turning part in the movie where you where you see it happening. Um, Julia starts explaining that she doesn't want a uh, you know really tonguey kind of kiss. She wants a, a a sort of conservative kiss in when her with her wedding with everyone watching, but. Um, you know, Robbie's there, and, you know, here we go. So you're the expert on this. We were just having a debate about wedding kisses. I say that it's okay for it to be an open mouth kiss. And I say that it's the type of occasion where people dress up so it's not appropriate. I see. <laughs> what do you want to do? I mean, thin, tight mouth, and it's over? No. Thin, Partially opened, no tongues over. No tongue, please. God, there's got to be a little tongue. Well, maybe a little tongue. Not porno tongue. Church tongue. Church tongue, I like that. <laughs> Church tongue, what, what is that? I don't know how to describe it. Well, show me. Not, not on me. Hey, how about on him? You don't mind, do you? Uh, Come on, just hold still. Julia, go ahead. <laughs> Come on, we're all adults here. I'm going to have to see it if I'm going to make an educated decision. Well, if it's for educational purposes. Good, okay. All right, you ready? I now pronounce you husband and wife. You may kiss the bride. All right. There you go. And now... Yeah. 
Okay. Julia is dazed, literally, by this kiss. Um, you know, and this is actually the part we were talking about before, where right after this, Glenn walks in with a CD player. So this ties it right into what we were talking about here. I kissed her, but it didn't mean anything. I just brought her the jacket. I kissed who? Oh, me. Who hasn't? <laughs> who hasn't? I got you something. It's called a CD player. It cost me like 700 bucks, but the sound quality's outstanding. You want to play a record? No, Jules, it doesn't play records. It plays CDs. <laughs> it's a CD player. There you go. 1985 CD players. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, after this, Holly decides to take Robbie on a double date. Um, she can see Julia's a little bothered by this, but still does it. Obviously, Holly was a little turned on by that kiss, too. Slut bang. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, so they do go on this double date, uh, you know, finally. And this is, uh, Julia ends up getting, you know, she's drinking because she doesn't really want to be on this date with her sister. And Glenn actually sort of admits that he cheats on Julia. Obviously, if you haven't figured it out by now, Robbie's got a thing for Julia, so this upsets him a little bit. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, that brings us to a little further in the movie. Robbie actually drives Holly home after this. And she basically says something to him that if you hear from a woman, go. Literally, when a woman says, here, let me find that part right here. Hold on here. We're giving life lessons here, folks. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. Let's see, right? Oh, fuck it. I'm early. Who cares? Julia. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. I I think she's a very nice girl. That no. you're shy, and I know that you've been hurt, so I'm gonna make this really easy on you. If you come upstairs, you're gonna get laid. Wow. Okay, when a woman says that, go. Just go. Don't ask questions. Nope. Just go. Shut the fuck up. You're you're done. Go home. Go to her home and do what you got to do. Uh, and, and there you go. No questions asked. I don't care if you're in love with some other chick. Go do what you got to do. But um, this, <laughs> this, is a, <laughs> this, this is actually oh, where uh, this is where Holly figures it out, too, that um, he's in sort of in love with Drew Barrymore. Uh, Drew Barrymore got so drunk the next night, night that night before actually, um, that 
she barely remembers what happened, puked everywhere, puked on her sister's shoes even. And um, basically this is where uh, Holly explains that, you know, Julia is marrying Glenn to be stable to Robbie. And Robbie decides to go out and try to find a real job. And this is where he meets Kevin Nealon. And literally begs to just get a business card from Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon kicks him out. Uh, he's going to everywhere he can. He's going to banks and everywhere to try to get a real job to impress Julia. Um, but that's not what she wants, obviously. Uh, let's see here. Let me get to that part. Here we go. Let's just fucking play it. It's easier to play it than explain it sometimes. The best things in life are free. But you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. Hey, Julia, what are you doing here? I rose these to find you. Well, I'm not doing that anymore. No, I just thought that teaching was such a big part of your life. Well, it was, but now I'm doing some stuff to better my situation. That sounds kind of selfish. It's not selfish. There's a lot of money out there. I'm trying to get my hands on some. Yeah, but you don't want to be just another yuppie idiot. Why? What's wrong with that? Don't want to live in my sister's basement anymore. I want to get a big house, have some security. Can't do that doing favors for people all the time, getting paid in meatballs. But you're above all that material bullshit. I don't know. We're living in a material world, and I am a material girl <laughs> or boy. No, you're not. What about you? You're into material shit. What do you mean? What do I mean? You're marrying Glenn because he's got money. You asshole. Oh my gosh, you made me a present. I am an asshole. You're going to the mental institution. Beat it! Alright. So, you know, he's trying to go out, get a real job, uh, you know, and, and, oh, oh, shit, sorry about that, and impress Julia. But that's not really what she wants. Um, obviously, he doesn't know this. You know, that's part of the movie is, you know, he doesn't know what she's thinking. But uh, obviously, he doesn't know this, but she's really, you know, contemplating whether or not Glenn is the right guy for her. So, you know, they they, they keep going, and um, Adam Sandler is in a bar drinking. Uh, Sammy walks in, and, you know, basically he's saying, you know, this is, you were right, this is the way to treat girls. Don't do it the way I do. Don't fall in love. Um, you know, I, I just, you were right. This is how we should do it. But Sammy basically tells him this is not 
this is not how to be happy. He's not happy. And, um, you know, Adam Sandler realizes it does go over to talk to Julia to tell her that he's in love with her. While he's doing that, she's talking to her mom and her mom, you know, telling her that she's been spending time with Robbie. And basically her mom is like the, you know, telling her it's just cold feet. What are you going to do? Leave Glenn, this rich, you know, guy for a wedding singer, you know, you know, that just not the way it should work. But Julia is just not sure Glenn's the guy for her. And, you know, she's standing in front of the mirror when Robbie comes up. Robbie doesn't realize that she's actually standing in front of the mirror dreaming about marrying him and not about Glenn. Yes. Yeah. So. And for the record, I just got to say, doesn't mm-hmm. Glenn have one of those douchey want to beat the fuck out of faces? Oh, he is. Total... I mean, like, he, 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 even before even before his character got, like, exposed for being a dick, he just has one of those faces. Dude, if I we're going to point that out. If. If we're going to fucking compare, you know, Adam Sandler's character to Cena, let's compare Glenn's character to The Miz. Seriously. Glenn is The Miz. The guy you want to punch, the douchebag with the hot chick. Yeah. He's The Miz. He really is. Think yeah, about I mean, it. Yeah, and, and it's like the dude, and, and it's like I don't know, douches like that. You would think they would have a hard time, but they don't. When it comes to getting women, no, no, they really don't. They don't. Um, you know, so Robbie gets uh, eventually starts drinking away his troubles. He brings a bottle in. He walks outside, and he sees Glenn with some other women. Uh, immediately tells Glenn, "What are you doing?" Here we go. Fuck it. I'll play it. You want to come in that beer? Yeah. You're ridiculous, man. Stop all this cheating shit, moron. She's a good girl. Hey, asswipe. Don't go snitching to Julia about this. I know you got some little crush on her. But you got to face the facts. She'd rather go to bed with a real man. Not some poor singing orphan. <laughs> all right, shithead. I haven't been in a fight since I was in the fifth grade. But I beat the shit out of that kid, so now I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Okay, what are you doing then? I'm sorry. I used to be much stronger. All right. Uh, He actually gets the shit knocked out of him. Robbie does in this scene where Glenn is cheating. Uh, Glenn knocks him out and knocks him down. And for a brief second... Robbie goes home drunk as shit, and Linda is there uh, to pick him up, put him in bed, and Julia comes by and basically sits there, and she's trying to get a hold of Robbie. Linda is making it sound like they had a rough night together, and Julia gets very upset about this and goes home, wakes up Glenn, and says, Glenn, let's go get married. 
Um, now, there's another part before that in the middle of this where Sandler is, uh, Robbie, is talking to Linda. And right before, you know, she's telling him, you know, I can deal with it, this and that, that you're a wedding singer. And he goes, I don't want you to deal with it. I want you to be okay with it. You know, basically, I don't want you to have to deal with this. I want you to love me for it. And he says, now take off my Van Halen t-shirt before the band breaks up. Well, the funny thing is, this movie's set in 1985. They did break up at the end of that year. <laughs> so, another scene where he's sort of, you know, foretelling the future, but not, you know, kind of reliving the future. Really. Yeah. Exactly. That's always a Just funny imagine, scene. Just imagine, Bob, how would it have been if this movie had came out in, like, 1984? Oh, it would have been perfect. <laughs> uh, but she does wake up. Glenn says, listen, let's go to Vegas. Let's get married today. Right now, Julia's upset. Glenn, of course, yeah, let's do it. Vegas it is. Um, And this is the same day that uh, Rosie and her husband have the party. She is singing the song to him, and it is absolutely beautiful. And while doing that, Robbie starts thinking back and realizes that he has to go get Julia. He has no choice. He runs to the airport, goes and gets her, uh, ends up on the same plane, but doesn't know. Not only is he on the same plane with her, he's on the same plane with Billy Idol. Who Billy fucking Idol. Billy Idol has weird cameos in weird movies, man. You know, I mean, he's in this, he's in the Doors movie for like, you know, a good two minutes. But, um, you know, but just, you know... They're on their way to Vegas. Like I said, Robbie's on the plane with them. Um, he starts talking to everyone in the crowd. Not the crowd, but the uh, everyone on the plane in first class. He's in first class with Billy Idol, I said that. Uh, Julia's back there. Finally, one of the waitresses comes up and says, you won't believe. Actually, you know what? I'll get to the part. Hold on a second. I'll just fucking play it, you know, because it's easier. Hold on here. It's a douche getting married, and he's going to ruin her life. Yeah, Glenn doesn't deserve her. All he cares about possessions. Fancy cars, CD players. Even women are possessions to him. So yeah. you know tell him Idol gets that. it. I don't know why she doesn't get it. <laughs> oh, I hope you find her. You guys will not believe this. Some creeping coach who thinks he's Don Johnson just asked me to be part of the Mile High Club. He said I was grade A, top choice meat. Is he right in here? Yeah. What's the Mile High Club? <laughs> Of course, Billy Idol gives her a look. I'll show you what the Mile High Club is. Uh, Sandler realizes that it is Glenn and Julia out there. Realizes he's got to do something. 
And eventually he does. And I'm going to play that part too. 30,000 feet and we've got clear skies all the way to Las Vegas. Right now we're bringing you some in-flight entertainment. One of our first-class passengers would like to sing you a song inspired by one of our coach passengers. And since we let our first-class passengers do pretty much whatever they want, here he is. with you. Hey, Robbie, that wasn't a bad song. You know, I'm going to tell this record company guys about There you go. So he finds her, sings a song to her, and of course, it's an Adam Sandler movie, so he gets the girl. God damn, he's a lucky man. He does get the girl. Uh, they do end up, of course, getting married at the end. And of course, Steve Buscemi is the wedding singer in an ironic turn of events in the movie. <laughs> and he's say, singing. Here you go. There you go. And that was it. That was the movie Wedding Singer. Um, again, I really... This is... Uh, Big Daddy is great, but this really is one of my favorite 
Adam Sandler movies. It's one of the Adam Sandler movies I'll turn on anytime I see it on my cable. I'll flip it on. But um, definitely one of the better Adam Sandler. One of the first movies, like you know, we, we were talking about before, that he didn't do the the baby talk, the you know whining Adam Sandler. It was more of a serious acting Adam Sandler with a comedy role, you know. So I, I really liked this movie, and more movies with him and Drew Barrymore to follow. You there, Anthony? I don't know where the hell Anthony is. Um, as usual, we order, we always um, kind of um, do some trivia with this movie. In the movie, Drew Barrymore is wearing a butterfly jean jacket. Um, that jacket was actually hers. That was not uh, a movie jacket. That was actually her jacket that the director... Uh, in this movie, decided to tell her to go ahead and wear. It made the part. Nice. Yep, yep. So she actually ended up wearing that. Um, again, I mentioned this. Robbie tells Linda at one point to get out of my Van Halen t-shirt. They did break up in 1985. Kind of weird. <laughs> it's um, almost like he knew. It, it, yeah, almost like he fucking knew. You're right. Um, Sammy, we mentioned, was a limo driver. The front plate on his limo read, I'm kinky. I-M-K-N-K-E. <laughs> yep, yep. So he was definitely a little kinky in this movie. Uh, Kellen, Kevin Nealon's second cameo in an Adam Sandler film. Um, this was... He was obviously in the uh, Happy Gilmore movie as one of the golfers. So that was another little film. Um, the car Glenn drives, we mentioned the DeLorean, is what? the actual exact 1985 model in Back to the Future. Not the car. Nice. Not the exact car, but the same model and year. Um. Former professional wrestler and actor Al Burke was originally cast as um, cast as as uh, another uh, another fan in this movie, but uh, later the other guy who was the big uh, Billy Idol fan who said "Don't talk to Billy right. Idol that way." It was originally supposed to be. Uh, Professional wrestler and actor Al Burke. Jesus Christ, who is Al Burke? Hey, let me guess, he turned it down. He did. Who was Al Burke? Do you know who that was originally? That name does not sound familiar at all. Me neither, but um, let's see here. I've got his NY, I've got his uh, IMDB pulled up. Let's see here. I don't know either, but he was uh he, he was in WWF Challenge, a TV series in 
Oh, so he's a job guy. Must have been a job guy. But uh, yeah, makes I'm sense. looking I mean, here and I can't see much. Wrestler, but nobody of note. Exactly. Yeah, it must be. Must be. I can't find much on the poor guy, unfortunately. Um, but uh, that's really. I mean, there's not much to this movie except that, really. Um, obviously, uh, Alexis Arquette. Uh, the ca- her character in this movie is modeled on Boy George of Culture Club. Culture Club. Uh, this song "I'll Tumble for You" was heard in Billy Madison, so obviously he's a Boy George fan too. Uh, and that's really, I mean, that's really about it. I don't think there's any more about this movie we can tell you. Um, one person who was uncredited on working on the script in this movie was Carrie Fisher. Princess Leia. She did help Adam Sandler with this script. Wow, that's that's some that's a heavy hitter right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the cast members in this movie, believe it or not, have guest starred on the TV show Friends. I don't know if you know that one either, but yeah, a lot of them did. Um. That's really... I'm trying to see if there's any more. I mentioned before Adam Sandler was at one time a real-life wedding singer. Uh, The only reason Billy Idol did this role is because his son convinced him to. His son was a big Adam (laughs) Sandler fan. Um, And now let's not forget this movie was also a Broadway musical. And has made yes. immense amounts of money since 2006, bringing, being a Broadway musical. So, yes. you know, I got no doubt in my mind Sandler is still making many royalties to this day off of this movie. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He, and a lot of his movies, even if they weren't necessarily hits at the box office, are cult classics in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, Sandler movies are Sandler movies. They are sort of cult classics in their own right. Um, You know, like we said before, this one guy who on YouTube has a whole video of how all Adam Sandler movies are connected. So, you know, all Adam Sandler movies in their own right are their own movies. But, um, I don't know, like I said just a few minutes ago, I really believe this is one of the first ones where he kind of showed that he could be more than just the goofy, Saturday Night Live, baby-talking, you know, actor, and could be an actual actor, you know, not just a Saturday Night Live actor. Unfortunately... A lot of those Saturday Night Live people get kind of stereotyped into a role where they can't break out of. They can't make much money. Um, I mean, obviously, you look at certain guys. You look at, um, you know, Chevy Chase. You look at Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd. Those guys are a little different. That was a, a different era of Saturday Night Live. After that era, a lot of those guys had a lot of problems 
getting out of the Lorne Michaels hold and becoming their own person. I think Adam Sandler really kind of uh, started getting those guys out of that again. After Adam Sandler, you had a you know you, Chris Rock, Chris Farley. You had a lot of guys start breaking out of that Lorne Michaels hold, the the Saturday Night Live curse as they had it, you know, for a while. Yeah. You know, you, you yeah, John. The last Bel- one to really do something really was Will Ferrell. Right. Yeah, Will Ferrell, another one who who came out of that as great. But I mean, you look at some people in those shows. I mean, you look at um. Joe Piscopo. Piscopo. He had so few. I mean, that's not man. I I enjoy his work, but a lot of people say, like, well, he's one of the funniest people, and they thought his career would have been more than what it turned out to be. Dude, Joe Piscopo in, uh, oh, what was that movie? Johnny Dangerously with Michael Keaton was great. You know, I absolutely love that movie. Um, and yeah, even B makes in the chat brings up Will Ferrell, but you know there was that sort of Saturday Saturday Night Live curse with a lot of people who just didn't break out of that role. There's also a bunch of people who got lucky and did really get famous from Saturday. Night. Again, Eddie Murphy, Chevy Chase. Um, but you know what? You go back and to a guy. I'm saying, but you know what? should have went further than he has. You're right. But you know what? You Dana go back Carvey. to a guy like um, Dana Carvey. You go back to, uh, you know, Dana Carvey is a perfect one. I'll add him with Martin Short. Martin Short should have been bigger than he was. And you know, we talked about John Lovitz a little while ago. Should have been bigger than he was. You know, we could probably name. 15 to 20 people, if we really sat here and thought about, you know, Saturday Night Live actors who should have been bigger than they were. You know, and and, yeah. and I'll tell uh, you what, Carvey, uh, you, you bring a lot of the women into that movie. Molly Shannon, hilarious woman, didn't do the usual kind of woman type comedy, got stuck in the Saturday Night Live. Ended up doing, you know, Night at the Roxbury, some really funny movies, but where's now, she now? She was before my time, but we, she was before my time, but what would you put a uh, Gilda, uh, what was her name, Gilda Radner on that list? Gilda Radner, unfortunately, unfortunately, passed a little too early, but absolutely hilarious woman ahead of her time. Ahead of her time, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. She, she gets a lot of praise, so I can't she, say she's underrated. But I, I kind of wonder about what her trajectory would have been. Underrated in that we didn't get to see really what she could have done in her career. Um, and you know, you, you there's a lot of people who are going to feel that. Listen, we are never going to get to see th- uh, the. the full potential of Robin Williams' career because he took his own life. You know, we're yeah. never... We're, listen, Robin I mean, Williams... Oh, like, he, he was in his 60s when he died, right? Robin Williams had many, many, many more movies ahead of him. I guarantee 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, don't kid. get me wrong. It was a tragedy, but he did. It, it, that's like a little iffy for me, just because he actually did do a lot before. He yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You know, people that didn't reach their full potential because they went too early. John Belushi is another one. Did not reach oh, his yeah, full yeah, potential. Yeah. Look, Chris Farley for me. I mean, John Belushi is more yeah mm-hmm. era, but Chris Farley for me definitely. I'll, I'll I'll throw him right in that mix of amazing people who just never got the full potential because they left us too early. They left this fucking world too early, but. You know, uh, we kind of got onto the subject by talking about the the Saturday Night Live curse, but, you know, uh, thankfully, a lot of actors pulled themselves out, did, you know, uh, and, you know, we mentioned a few of them, Will Ferrell, uh, Eddie Murphy has obviously pulled himself out of it, Chevy Chase, Jimmy if, I think that that was the case of the case that was a case of a the curse going in reverse because he was like a big fish in a small pond on SNL. He broke out initially, but then he kind of like just fell off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, but like like he flamed out pretty quick if you really look back on it. You know why Chevy Chase falling down is really funny. Chevy Chase telling a joke is all right. That's why Chevy Chase is the the lingering slapstick comic. I, that might not be the best analogy for it, but he's he was, he's not anymore. He was the lingering slapstick comic. You know what I mean? Yeah. He but on SNL, but, he, but did he get over for like more or less? He got over for being a dick. I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. Well, and, that is and, and that that's what eventually kind of tanked his career. You know, he did the uh, the Comedy Central roast, and he took the roast like a little bitch. He was pissed off. He was angry. He didn't appreciate this and that and this comment. You know, it's a roast. Fucking grow up. Get I mean, <laughs> over yourself. Dude. I mean, he had you know. This is a fucking taking his stride. I mean, to me, the best one of those roasts I personally saw was like a char- the Charlie Sheen one. Oh. Because if if for nothing else, people roasted him seriously, but he took it in stride. Absolutely, Charlie Sheen had the fucking you know the 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 understanding that this was going to be a fucking burn, a joke. Take it as that. Chevy Chase got all. He took it like a man. I'll give him that. <laughs> Ah, uh, he did. He really did. But you know, it, it, it's just unfortunately some people get caught in that little Saturday Night Live thing. But you know, I'm glad Sandler didn't. Uh, his movies, even as of today, are still really good. I'm glad he's still doing movies. He gave. Listen, if it wasn't for Sandler, you might not have had. Farley in as many movies as we did. Really. Sandler's to credit for some of the Farley movies. You know that. He really Which is. Which ones? I'm Just, his, his, his catalog was so short. Which ones? San, look, all the David Spade movies, Sandler had 
a little oh too yeah deep. i know those this was right before sandler got his own you know the happy madison company and you know productions and started doing he's he had a hand in getting farley to do those movies with spade you know but i, I don't know man i i just really i don't know the, this movie to me though you know uh wedding singer between the soundtrack the setting was just a really hit home kind of movie and i believe anyone my age or just a bit younger than me probably has the same feeling it's a nostalgic type of movie it was well done it was funny which you want a a, a movie like you know a nostalgia movie to be funny just like dazed and confused nostalgic 70s type of movie and very funny you know it, it was kind of his dazed and confused it was sandler's dazed and confused in a way you know but you know, i'm curious about what you think of this box man mm-hmm. obviously this movie came out in, was it 98 mm-hmm. so obviously it was more of a uh, it it was done tongue in cheek as a tongue in cheek look the 80s now, if this movie came out in the 80s, how do you think it would have been received? Because obviously it would have been played more straighter because it would have been in the time period. It would have been, and it also would have been a different actor. So it might not have been the same movie. I don't know. You don't it, think, I mean, you, think so another, you, don't, you don't think it would have been like as enjoyable if it had came out in the actual 80s? No. No, I really don't think it would have been. Um, people might have thought he was making fun at that point, but you know, it is what it is. Oh, oh night, babe. Love you. All right, girl's going to sleep. Um, I don't know, man. Might have been thinking they were making fun of the times, but and he was a little bit in the movie, but it was the it, it was a time where you could do it. This movie back then, nah, man. They, they were coming out with technology edge movies back then. You know, uh, you know, in 1985, I'm talking about, you know, your Tron, your, your uh, just different action movies were big in the 80s. Action movies were huge in the 80s. Comedies, not so much. Yes. Comedies were not as big in the 80s as you would think. They were different. They were edgier. They were racier. But action movies in the 80s were where it was at. Where it was Yeah. Yeah, especially mid-80s. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. What else you got on this? Anything? Uh, no, man, I'm just, I'm glad we actually picked this movie, Adam Sandler. I do want to add, uh, you talked about his acting in this movie. If you really want to see, I don't know if you saw, if you really want to see a, a good Adam Sandler movie and you want to see him in a different light, watch the movie Rain Over Me. You will see him in a different light. I actually have not seen that, but I need to check it out. And I will. And it's not, it's not a comedy. It's very much, it's very much serious. Mm-hmm. He basically plays a, uh. He plays a guy whose family he lost it. I think his wife. I haven't seen it in a while. I believe he lost his wife in like the nine uh, eleven uh, tragedies. 
and he has he's having problems coping with it, and he bumps into a guy that he went to a high school with, uh, played by Don Cheadle, and his him and his family kind of help him through it. Hmm. I'll definitely check that out, man. Because basically, after, after his wife after his wife died, he basically goes crazy. Yeah, he kind of goes insane. Yeah, I'll check. Which that is out. that would be understandable considering the circumstances. Yeah, I will definitely fucking. Uh... I will definitely check that shit out, man. I'll, I've never seen it, but it's, um, hell, Sandler movie. No reason for me not to check it out. So, shit. I'm sitting here looking, thinking if there's anything else by any chance we didn't get to. But I can't fucking see anything. Hmm. All right. If you get that. Well, shit. If you want to end the note, if you want to end the note on a good laugh, did you get that little video I sent you? So since we was being underrated, no, I didn't. Where 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 would you send it? I on? sent you a little clip on Facebook. I sent you sent it to you in our Google Hangouts as a message. Oh, oh, I don't even see it. All right, I'm not going through all that shit. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> sorry, man. Ain't going through that. Well, in that shit. case, see you next week, folks. <laughs> yeah. In that case, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and head out of here. Um, as usual, you guys can check me and Anthony out every Friday, eleven thirty p.m. Eastern Time, right here, mixler.com slash thd podcast. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, anywhere else you could find good podcasts. Uh, I'd say YouTube, but fuck YouTube. We can't make it there anymore. Uh, me and Shaheen, every Wednesday night, if you're a wrestling fan, go ahead and check us out. We will be right here as usual. THT Podcast. Uh, Mixture.com slash THT Podcast. You can check us out right there. And uh, there you go. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here. And we will see you all next week on THD Movie Review. And, of course, on that note... Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Later. <laughs>